Uh, hey, we've been, uh, for some time now, we've been journeying through, uh, you know, looking, since Pentecost really, looking at the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit and Allison, even at our All Ages gathering last week, did a great job of reminding us that the Holy Spirit is known as, in John chapter 14, we see the Spirit of Truth and leads us into all truth. Well, this morning I wanted to share just briefly, because we've got baptisms to get to and some wonderful stories to hear of God's goodness and faithfulness. So just briefly wanted to step through John chapter 14 and share a couple of thoughts that God has been speaking and revealing and, and, and kind of stirring up inside of my heart and spirit that I think will be good for us all uh, this morning as we go. So if you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to open up John chapter 14. Uh, this is Jesus' words mostly, all the way through John chapter 14. Jesus is talking with his disciples and John chapter 14, 15, 16 are kind of known as the farewell discourses of Jesus where he's preparing his disciples for him to leave, uh, leave them in, in physical, you know, in, in person uh, and go. So here's what Jesus says in John chapter 14. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to pre- prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Reasonable question, right? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Verse 8, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. That'll be enough for us, is almost what he says. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does His work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, Jesus says, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate, or counselor, or helper, who will come, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him, but you know Him because He lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. And those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Verse 22, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. 
Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate or Holy Spirit as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He says, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I have told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to my Father, who is greater than I am. I've told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you, because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. That was a long one. Hey, you did well to stick with me. Did you stay there? It was a long reading this morning. And, uh, you know, joking with the team, they said, Clint, you're going to do a 15-minute message, right? Because we got baptisms and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm just preaching all of John 14. No worries. So brace, brace, you know, like buckle in, we're going to go fast this morning and, uh, and, and, and pop through. But it's important that we kind of read the whole chapter and, uh, and get, get a little context there. Because Jesus does some pretty significant and important things here as He's preparing His disciples to leave. And yes, we've been talking a lot about the power of the person and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit uh, and what an incredible gift the Spirit is to each of us. And Jesus is elaborating on that. And so I want to take us into some of the application of that a wee bit this morning. So as we come to think about baptisms and, uh, and celebrate that with these three uh, wahini this morning... Uh, it's going to be a special time. We're, we're reminded that each of them have chosen to follow Jesus. You know, Jesus says, you know, when the disciples are like, how are we going to know the way to go? Jesus says, you, you'll know the way to go by following me. You've got to come with me. That's how you'll know the way to go. He says in verse 6, you see that? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. We go with Him along the way. We apprentice ourselves to Him. We learn what it is to follow Jesus along the way because He is the truth and life itself personified. He is truth embodied, truth incarnate, life incarnate. And so he says, follow me, follow my way. And each one this morning, you'll hear in their stories in a few moments, how each one, you know, for Lisa and for Sarah and for Evie, each one this morning have chosen to not follow their own way, but instead are choosing to follow Jesus' way. And this is really quite countercultural, right? In our world today, many people will say, oh, you can just follow any old way. You know, any way is good enough. It all leads to the same place. And I go, well, that's kind of importing our own ideas and assumptions onto Jesus' words, because that's not what Jesus says at all. Jesus says, no, this is the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you want to experience life and life to the fullest, then the way to experience that is to follow Jesus. And so that's, that's right at the heart of what we celebrate in baptism this morning, isn't it? When, when, when each one has said, I'm choosing to follow Jesus. And, and each of you who have chosen to follow Jesus, you know what that means, that you've discovered more of truth and more of life in following Jesus. Amen? Because what do you experience? Jesus says in the text, I have come that you might know peace and joy that you might have peace of heart and peace of mind. And the world can't give you the kind of peace of heart and peace of mind like Jesus gives. Who knows that to be true? Amen? This is what Jesus, this is what Jesus offers. And, but the only way to experience it is to follow Him and to follow Him 
fully. Now, here's the other thing I wanted to kind of uh, uh, elaborate and kind of point to a little bit. He says, I tell you the truth in verse 12, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Verse 13, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. I love this text, you know? This is one of those that, you know, really fuels faith for us, isn't it? You, don't you love it when you go, oh yeah, Jesus says, you know, that we'll actually get to see and do some of the things that He did. You know, the, like when you think about all that Jesus did, that's pretty big claim, right? If we follow Him, we'll get to see and do some of the stuff that He did. Well, think about all the miracles Jesus performed. Think about the way that he was outworking and living out truth and life wherever he went. He was performing signs and wonders. People were not just being saved, but they were being filled with the Holy Spirit. People were not just being, uh, 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 you know, helped along the way with inner peace, but physical healing, deliverance from evil, deliverance from evil spirits and suffering. Like Jesus was remarkably powerful and at work. And he says, those things that you've seen me doing, you'll do the same things, and even greater things than these. And I don't know about you, but oftentimes I think about that when I think about the Holy Spirit, you know, I go, oh, now that we've got the Spirit inside of us, we get to do the stuff that Jesus did. How cool is that? That we can pray in faith and believe that someone can be healed. That we can pray in faith and believe that someone will experience the peace of Christ in their heart and in their mind, that trans- the kind of peace that transcends understanding. That we can believe and, and, and know that to be true, right? I mean, this is good news, right? This is, this is amazing. This is incredible stuff. And Jesus says, you'll do even greater things than these. All you got to do is ask in my name. Now, let's be clear. You know, in my immature days as a teenager, I was like, oh, sweet. That means, Jesus, you know I need a new car in Jesus' name. Amen, Right? Jesus, you know I want to do this with my life and I want to be a famous musician and it's going to be awesome and, and so I just pray that be true in Jesus' name. And you just kind of slap that onto the end of whatever your agenda or wish is or desire is, you know what I mean? Anyone? Anyone? Is it just me? Maybe it's just me. You've never done this, have you? You've never prayed like that, have you? No, just me. Um, and we treat it like it's this incantation. If we just slap that on the end of our prayer, then Jesus, you promised, you said here. No, 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 that's not the way it works. See, the way it works is, in that time, in that culture, to say something was done or prayed or offered in, in Jesus' name or in anyone's name, was to offer it in the character and the way of the name you were praying it in. So to pray and offer something in Jesus' name, you can ask anything, so long as it's done, something you're praying that's in alignment and, and true to the character and nature of Jesus, who is God incarnate who is truth incarnate, who is life incarnate. So we can't impose our own selfish wants or personal agendas on that. It's got to be His agenda in order for it to come about, you see? So we can't just kind of go and say, yeah, hope and pray and, you know, all this kind of stuff. No, no, no. And the good news is, though, that we've got the Holy Spirit inside of us to teach and guide us and direct us to those things that are true and are worthy of praying in Jesus' name. So we don't have to go it alone. We can trust in the Spirit to lead and guide. And then he says, if you love me, verse 15, obey my commands. If you love me, obey my commands. And I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The Holy Spirit 
leads into all truth. And then later on, uh, he says, you know, uh, to anyone who doesn't love me, doesn't, doesn't obey me. Uh, and remember, these words are not my own. But when the Father sends the Holy Spirit, the Advocate as my representative, He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I told you. This incredible gift of the Holy Spirit is given to us to help us obey. Jesus says it's a demonstration of love. It's how we show that we love Jesus, is by obeying Him. We obey Him. See, I don't know about you, but I often, you know, anyone, and maybe you can relate to this, I often used to think when I was, you know, younger, I, I thank the Lord I don't think this way anymore, that I would invite the Holy Spirit into the really big stuff of life. You know what I mean? When you're praying for a miracle, when you're praying for a healing or miracle of provision, and you're praying for guidance and direction over a significant life choice, you know what I mean? That's where, that's where you're looking for a word from heaven, and intervention of the Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? Like, that's what, that's what, a, that's what I was calling for. Any, anyone? And I didn't, and I, and I often missed, I think, the voice of the Holy Spirit so many times because I was looking for God in the big things. I was listening for His voice in the big ways, in those dramatic ways, you know what I mean? And I think, actually, the obeying of Jesus is often done in the fairly small ways, that, that, that seem quite insignificant, that seem like just the next right step to take. And the more we obey and the more we follow, the more attuned we get to the heart of God, to the spirit of life and truth, and the more attuned we get to that, I think we grow in faith, we grow in the ability to hear the voice of God and to trust and to follow. So don't start, friends. Don't be discouraged thinking, oh, I'm not seeing signs and wonders and miracles breaking out all around my life. I'm not seeing those things happen. I'm not seeing people delivered and healed and set free. And, you know, even though I'm praying in faith and I'm in Jesus' name and all that, you know, maybe the Spirit's prompting you and saying something different. Like just this past week, I heard the story of a pastor in Kaikoura, so just up the road here, leading a church who... Um, before he was leading the church, he was just sitting in church, he was, you know, follower of Jesus and learning what it means to tune into the voice and the work of the Holy Spirit and to follow that faithfully. And, and he said, here's where it started for him, the story said, he sensed the Holy Spirit saying to him, you should start making the bed each morning as a, as a gift to your wife, as a sign of love to your wife. He'd never grown up making his bed as a child, never grown up in a family that valued making his bed. You know, it sounds quite, you know, like, like minor, but he's like, but he, he didn't actually know how to do it. Like, how do you get the sheets straight? And there's a lot of pillows involved and, you know, like all of it, right? Like, how do you figure this out? So his wife taught him and then for 18 months every day, year and a half, every day, he made the bed for his wife. That was, that was the Spirit's leading for him. And after 18 months, God said, okay, now you're ready and called him into ministry to lead the church. But that's where it starts, friends. And I wonder, here's, the, here's my concern, here's my fear, is that so many of us are looking for that calling into ministry moment. And, and by the way, they're seeing tremendous breakthrough in their church at the moment. They're seeing hundreds of people come to know Jesus uh, in, in, and, and place their hope and trust in Him. I mean, ama remarkable stories. But he says it all started way back with him responding in obedience to the Spirit's nudge, make the bed. I think, friends, so many of us in our walk with Jesus, let's be honest, we're looking for the call to ministry. We're looking for the salvations, the flood in. We're looking for the, you know, the breakthrough moments and all of that kind of stuff. And Jesus has just been saying, the Spirit's been saying to you for years, 
Make the bed. Start there. Make the bed. Do the next thing. And we dismiss or minimize that because it's, in our minds, maybe unworthy. That couldn't be God, surely. But this is how we grow in faith. We show that we love Jesus by obedience. So obey, take the next step. And by doing so, you're living in the power of the Spirit. You're walking by faith. Who knows? I've, you know, I've heard story after story after story of people experiencing tremendous breakthrough, but it starts in these little baby steps that seem almost, you know, be kind to your wife. Children, honor your parents. You know, like whatever it might be, like, like whatever, small things. That's a nudge of God. And if we want to be people who live into and walk by the Spirit, as we talked about a few weeks ago, I think let's not be people who dismiss or, or minimize those things. That's the voice of God. That's honoring the prompting and leading of the Holy Spirit to say yes and to follow.